Well, good morning, Mercy Road. That was plenty of friendliness. <laughs> it is good to be with you. And it is my privilege to bring us into God's Word this morning. And I'm so excited. If you have your Bibles or your phone and you want to turn with me, we're going to go through one of my favorite Psalms. And it's Psalm 121. And before we do that, I just have one simple announcement for us this morning. Next Sunday, if you're planning on joining us in person or online, we've got one service, 9 a.m., outdoors, weather permitting, and if you're able, bring a lawn chair just because we don't have enough outdoor chairs. So if you are planning on coming, one service, 9 a.m., outdoors, weather permitting, and we'll come in here if we have a winter storm, okay? <laughs> we sang about storms, so it seemed appropriate. Um, this is always a delight for me to bring God's word to us. This psalm resonates to me, and I want to give you a little bit of backdrop. When I was a teenager, I was blessed to grow up on the shores of Lake Michigan. I grew up in a town called Holland. We were about three hours north of Chicago, and we uh, had a boat that was so much fun for me growing up. In fact, about four or five summers, we took a trip, a five- to seven-day trip in the boat up the coast of Lake Michigan. It's one of my fondest mem memories of being a teenager, but I want to share about one of those that went a little haywire briefly, but we lived through it. It was all good in the end, but this singing this morning about storms and, and gales, it, it, it was so appropriate for both Psalm 21, but also what I'm about to share. We were in a port in Leland, Michigan. It's a beautiful place. And we had been kind of locked in for two or three days because the winds would not relent. And the boats were stacked on each other because nobody dared go out onto the lake. Well, my stepmom started to get a little stir crazy of the third day. And she said, we're going. And uh, we're going to try to make our way south again, back to Holland. And um, the, the lake looked reasonably calm. So even though the forecast was for heavy waves and, and, and strong winds, we looked out and said, maybe they got it wrong today. So off we went. And for the first hour or so, we were protected by a peninsula. And, and there's a point called Point Betsy. It's kind of famous for the very reason I'm about to tell you. Well, on the side we were on, on the north side, we didn't know this, but we were being protected from the waves. So for that first hour, it was just choppy, and we thought, hey, we're going to be fine until we rounded Point Betsy. And suddenly, we were direct on into the waves. And my dad, bless his heart, he's no longer with us, did not like being on Lake Michigan when the waves were large. And suddenly they were large. I took over the helm. I took over uh, the boat. And he sat in back. I was a teenager. This was like a thrill ride for me. And we began to climb up the waves and then crash down the other side. And every time we came down, the water would spray over the bow of the boat. The little wipers, which were not very effective, 
We're going crazy trying to keep the windshield clear, and we climb back up again. And for an hour or so, that was our experience. We were not in the storm like a thunderstorm, but in a windstorm with giant waves. And if those of you who know, the lakes, the Great Lakes, can be much like an ocean. Um, big, big ocean liners and, and freight boats have sunk on these waves in storms. And so it is dangerous when you're out there when you shouldn't be. We were on the border that day, but suddenly we saw the lights on the end of the, um, the port that we were hoping to get to, and we were all thrilled. And we pulled in that day in the swells, and suddenly it got quiet in the harbor, and we kind of celebrated. Life's a lot like that, isn't it? We face storms. Sometimes we are aware they're coming, and sometimes they come at us and we are unaware. But life is full of surprises and circumstances that are outside of our control. There are times in our lives where the craziness of the storm is capable of overwhelming us. And the problem some of us face that I sometimes face is I'm so focused on the circumstance, on the storm, that it begins to overwhelm me or us, right? The, the details of what's going on around us, the, the sickness, the illness, the difficulty of what has come to us can overwhelm us. And we sometimes are so concentrated on the circumstance, on the storm itself, that we fail to lift our eyes and remember where our help comes from. Today, we're going to talk about that together. But I also want to tell us, because I think sometimes, and I'm not pointing fingers at any pastor, any church family, but sometimes I think we give this impression that once we place our trust in Jesus Christ, the storms disappear. The road straightens out. There's no crosswinds. There's no difficulty that once we cross that bridge and we give our lives to Jesus Christ, that, that everything goes perfect. And that's not the case. And if I've ever been part of painting that picture, God forgive me. <laughs> because Jesus himself spoke to this. He, he was about to go back to be with his Father in heaven and he was talking to his disciples, but through that conversation, he was talking to you and to me as well. And he was trying to prepare them. He was talking about what would come after he had left to go back to be his father. He was trying to walk them through the circumstances that they were going to experience because he did not want them to be blindsided by it. And he knew it was going to be hard for them when he was no longer physically present. But then he says these amazing words, and I'm in John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 33. And we'll put them up for you. Jesus says, I have told you these things. He just walked them through. So that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I've overcome the world. Now, we should all notice, pastors included, <laughs> That Jesus does not say, in me, you will no longer face trouble. 
He does not say, in me, all your earthly storms will magically go away. No, he says that in me, you will find peace despite having to go through the storm. And then he gives this assurance. Because I have overcome the world. And what he's saying is, all the difficulty you are going to face is no surprise to me. I have walked the walk, I have taken the journey, and I have overcome the world, and I will be with you every step of the way. Amen? That's the God we serve. That's the Lord who died on the cross for us. And this psalm is such a beautiful picture of this truth. So let me walk us through this psalm together, Psalm 121. And I want you to notice before we begin, there's these four strange words right under the psalm that say a song of ascents. What on earth is that? And to be honest with you, I sure didn't know that. There's about 12 or 14 psalms that have this word directly under the title Psalm 120, Psalm 121, a song of ascents. Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't want to act like I knew this always. I had to look this up uh, a few years ago. A, a song of ascents is a group of songs sometimes referred to as the pilgrim songs, but it comprises Psalm 120 through Psalm 134. You may also see the word pilgrim songs sometimes associated with these 14 psalms. Well, the city of Jerusalem was situated on a hill, and when the Jews would travel to Jerusalem for the Jewish festivals several times a year, they traditionally sang songs on the ascent, on the way up the hill to Jerusalem. While these may not have originally been composed for this purpose alone, these psalms were gathered together and grouped together so that those who traveled to Jerusalem could sing these glorious songs, these beautiful truths, as they made their way to Jerusalem for the festivals. And now you know the rest of the story. Okay? That really isn't critically important to what we're going to do today, but I found it fascinating, and maybe one of you did too. So let's read the psalm together, Psalm 121, and I'll read it out loud for us. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen. When we're facing a storm, when we're in the midst of a difficult circumstance, when the waves are crashing over the bow of our boat, the most important step we can take is to actually lift our eyes from the circumstance, from the storm, 
and remember where it is that our help comes from. Now, I can preach this. I can teach this to small groups. I can believe this. But there are times I struggle to live this out. There are times where I am so stuck in the circumstance that I find it very difficult to lift my eyes and remember where our help comes from. And so I don't want to just preach this today and say, boy, Pastor Chad's really got it together. I am a work in progress, just like you are. But I want to hold this truth. I want to rest in this truth. I want to find peace in this truth. And I want that for you, too, because I'm telling you, it's true. This promise, this beautiful truth that we just shared together comes from the mouth of the Lord. And we can find our rest in it. So let me just begin with some truths we can count on from Psalm 121. The first I'm going to share you don't have in your bulletins. So if you want to write it down, you can. But the first truth is this. Our help comes from the Lord, who is the maker of heaven and earth. Again, you can leave that up for a minute. Our help comes from the Lord, who is the maker of heaven and earth. This comes directly from the psalm. The psalmist is reminding us that no matter what is happening here on earth, we can pause, breathe, lift our eyes from our circumstances, and we can be mindful. We can trust that the greatest helper there ever has been or there ever will be is available 24-7. And he wants to help us. And not only is he a helper, the greatest helper there ever has been or will be, he is the very maker of heaven and earth. His credentials are unmatchable. We can help and love each other as we should. We can serve. We can live sacrificially. But I'm telling you, there's no greater helper in the universe than the Lord himself. And he says, I'm your helper, the maker of heaven and earth. I am here for you. Now, help is something I've learned to deeply learn to appreciate and if you're in the service industry, this is not about you, what I'm about to say. But my experience over the last 10 or 15 years, ironically, as technology has gotten better and better, service has gotten worse and worse. It is so hard to talk to live people anymore. It, it, it's strange. On the way down, we, we just spent six days in Michigan. On the way down from one city to another, my daughter Jordan was checking her phone just to see how the bills were getting paid and everything. And she noticed that somebody had charged something on her card at a Walmart in Illinois. None of us were in Illinois. Red, red, red flag. So my wife and I, wise from years of experience, said, just call the company and let them know. Carrie, my, my daughter Jordan, gets on the phone. She gets into the rotation. Push one, push two, push three, push four. By the end of a 40 minutes, she had pushed all of them. 
nobody at the Walmart, and bless Walmart, by the way, I'm not against Walmart, nobody picked up. There was no live person for her to talk to. She tried it again. Same experience. Then someone picked up and immediately said, I got to put you on hold. She went on hold. Nobody ever came back to her. We said, you know what? Maybe you should call the credit card company, which will remain nameless. Same experience. The irony to me is the way she got her card frozen and stopped so nothing bad could happen is she went into a chat room on her phone and, and just texted a couple chats back and forth, and they said, we'll take care of it. And I thought, how ironic that she could not talk to a live person for an hour or an hour and 15 minutes of effort because that's just not the way the world operates anymore. It's really hard to get good help. And when you do, will you thank them for me? Because <laughs> I, I do. I'm like, uh, when they pick up, I'm like, you're a live person. <laughs> I'm almost not knowing what to do next. You know, because when, when you get good help, we need to say thank you. Because it is right and it's beautiful. So, we couldn't get a live person. But what I'm here to tell you is when we turn to the Lord, he is available 24-7. And he is the maker of heaven and earth. If we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible starts this way. In the beginning, God created the heavens, and the earth. So think about this. It blows my mind. I wish I paused and reflected on this every time I prayed. But the maker of heaven and earth says, I'm available to be your helper 24-7. Oh, I'm not bragging, but I made the heaven and earth I really can be there for you. I really can walk with you. I can really help carry this burden with you. Will you just pick up the phone and call me? Pray to me. Reach out to me. And I will be there for you. Sometimes this washes over me, and I'm so humbled by that truth. The maker of heaven and earth wants to walk with us every moment of every day. But the psalmist isn't done reminding us, encouraging us, comforting us. He's still painting an amazing picture. I want you to hear and see the consistent theme that runs through the rest of the psalm. Verse 3, he, the Lord, watches over you. Verse 4, he who watches over Israel. Verse 5, the Lord watches over you. Verse 7, he will watch over your life. Verse 8, the Lord watches over your coming and going both now and forevermore. I think the Lord wants us to know not only is our, he, he our helper, but he's watching over us. He is watching over us. If you have any uncertainty about that, just highlight watches throughout this psalm and the picture is profound. He is watching over us both now and forevermore. And if you have your bulletins, it's our second lesson from Psalm 21. The Lord is watching over us. Now, if you have the King James Bible, bless your heart. <laughs> I have a terrible time reading that out loud. But the original King James 
doesn't use the word watch. It uses the word keeper. The Lord is our keeper who keepeth us. But the picture is the same. He is holding us, watching over us. He comforts us. He takes the journey with you and with me. How does he do this? How does the Lord watch over us? Well, the psalmist helps us understand. He reminds us he does not slumber. The Lord does not sleep. He is our shade. He's our protection both day and night. He keeps us from harm. He watches over both our coming and our going in this life and forevermore. Only the maker of heaven and earth can do that. He's present for you and for me. We can call him at the same time. And guess what? Neither of us gets a busy signal. He's available. And he's watching over you. And he's watching over me. And I want to address a question that might be swimming around in some of your minds because it swam around in mine and still does once in a while. And I get this question both from believers and those who don't know the Lord. And I understand the question. And it's a hard question. If the Lord keeps us from all harm, if the Lord will not let our foot slip, then why do bad things happen to good people who love the Lord? That's a hard one. And I wish I knew the answer with full assuredness. Don't you? One thing I'm going to tell you is I trust this to be true. And I trust the Lord in this. And I want to answer this question the best I can simply by first confessing I don't have a perfect answer. And this side of heaven, I'm guessing we won't have a perfect answer. However, I do think there's some strong, clear guidance as we look at the breadth and scope of Scripture to begin to answer this question. And I want to start with a commentary on the very psalm we just read. It was written by Derek Kidner, and in his commentary on Psalm 121, he says this, and I think we have it up for you. In light of other scriptures, to be kept from all evil... To be kept from all harm does not imply a cushioned life, a protected life, a life with no troubles. Those last two or three were mine. <laughs> I'm just trying to help Kidner. I think he could have broadened that, and so a little bit of that was Chad. But instead, a well-armed life. I love this. And I think it speaks volumes as we look at the breadth of the picture painted in the Bible. There, the picture is not, I will keep you from walking into the fire. I will keep you from ever having trouble. Instead, it's like, I will arm you. I will be there. I will give you the strength to proceed through the fire. I think that's the picture if we look at the fullness of Scripture that is being painted. And we can even go to another psalm, I think, to see this more fully. It's the most famous psalm of all, Psalm 23, written by King David, whom the Lord loved, and, the, and 
David loved the Lord, so he, he's connected to the Lord, even though he's imperfect. And yet, interestingly, he has to walk through fires. He's not protected. He stubs his toe. He has trouble. So in Psalm 23, verse 4, we read these words. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I think this is a beautiful picture. When we look at the fullness of Scripture, that God is saying, I am with you. There'll be times when you are in the shadow of death. There are times when the circumstance is going to cream you and feel entirely overwhelming. But lift your eyes to the hills. Remember where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord, the very maker of heaven and earth. And I've got your back. And I will walk through the fire with you. David helps us understand. We're not going to circumvent the fires. We're not going to somehow be removed from them. But in the darkness, in the confusion, when water's spraying over the bow of our boat, our helper is there for us, watching over us, walking with us. As a follower of the Lord, we are not spared from the trouble. We're not spared from the storm but we enter the trouble well-armed because the Lord's rod and staff, they comfort us. The maker of heaven and earth is walking with us through the storm. Amen? He who watches over us day and night is always with us, both now and forevermore. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we want to lean in. We want to trust. We want the roots of our faith to grow so that when we are in a storm, and I know there are some in the storm this very, very day facing loss, hurt, pain, confusion, depression, anxiety, yet through it all, your promise does not change. You are our helper. The very maker of all things, the one who knows the beginning from the end, you're always present, and you watch over us both day and night, now and forevermore. Lord, may this truth wash over us today and equip us for today and tomorrow and the days to come. Thank you, Lord. We love you. And we pray this in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all.